Hey, good morning. Uh, my name is Kyle, and I'm the lead pastor here at Generations Church. I am so excited to welcome you uh, to this gathering today. Uh, we've been praying for this morning. Um, and if I had to liken this, this morning to a life event, uh, here's probably how I would describe it. it is, it's really not quite the birth. God's been doing something in amidst the generations, amidst Salmon Creek right here for a while. But it's kind of like that new mom taking her baby out for the first time. So everyone can kind of like, ooh, and I'll pinch the cheeks a little bit. You know, see who should look like mom or dad. And so that's that's how I really feel about this morning. Uh, opening ourselves up as Generations Church to say, hey, come explore what it looks like to connect with us and specifically learn about what it looks like for us to follow Jesus together. And so while this single day is exciting, I'm committed and our team is committed to, to really put forward to say it's only as exciting as a life we live. And so this morning, I want to set a tone and cast some vision for, for what a life well lived looks like. Mm -hmm. for us. And so every week we're going to have this time where we dive into God's Word, where we look about how it shapes our life, how we can own it and embody it, and then really extend it to the world around us. There was a time when no one had ever explored the North Pole. They had, they had never been there. For years, explorers had dreamed of going to this North Pole. Because no one had just been to the top of the world, and it was this alluring and foreign experience, like kind of like an unexplored planet. Now, see, map, maker, map makers knew about the pole. They dreamt about it. They, they knew it's where all the time zones really mysteriously converge at the top of the world. But no one knew what it was like. And so Lieutenant, Lieutenant George DeLong, in 1870, set out out of to explore this North Pole on the USS Jeanette in hopes of claiming the North Pole for the United States. Now, author Hampton Sides has recorded this story in his marvelous book, In the Kingdom of Ice. And Sides' account talks about and shows that the Long's plans were based on the idea of what the pole was like and how one could get there. See, the prevailing thought of the day was that there was this open polar sea, that the top of the world was actually warm, and that all you had to do was break through a little bit of ice, and then it would be like you're sailing in the Caribbean. And it was going to be warm, and it was glorious. So that's why I wanted to go claim it, because it was going to be this fabulous, unclaimed land full of paradise. And so these cartographers, even in their maps back in the 1870s, put open polar sea. And Sides depicts these grandiose visions of economic prosperity. That, and these people who financed these expeditions wanted the sea to exist, and they hoped to profit from its discovery. Stories were told and crews were formed under the banner of noble exploration. Unfortunately, every previous expedition prior to DeLong's ran into a problem. Ice. <laughs> So when DeLong and his crew searched for this thermal portal, portal to, to go into this paradise, they did not find such a portal. DeLong began to doubt his theory. 
And as their journey continued, DeLong and his crew came to a crashing conclusion. They had to realize the grips of their unfounded romance through running up against the rocks of reality. And in this case, rocks of reality came in the form of hard and ice. So in September 1879, the USS Jeanette got trapped in an ice pack. And as the ship was stuck adrift, was later crushed. DeLong and his crew did escape. Some survived, and others continued the lonely trek through the ice. Unfortunately, DeLong was later found dead by some of the surviving crew. And so the story of the USS Jeanette and DeLong's journey is inspiring, yet it's also very tragic, both thrilling at the thought of exploration in a new land yet also sad. We admire the courage of DeLong and his crew on a quest to know and tell the world about this supposed paradise. But we also pity them. You see, the map they had of the North Pole, their idea of what the world was like up there, was wrong. Disastrously so. And in the end, they planned an expedition and they staked their lives on something that turned out to be false. The mythical map they trusted cost them everything. Trevor Wax, in his book, This Is Our Time, uses DeLong's journey to illustrate. Just as we use maps or GPS navigation to travel to a destination, we also have maps in our minds about where we're going in life. Or what, or what the point of everything is. Or what we need to make us happy and fulfilled. And that's why sometimes we describe seasons of our life as being mapped out. We turn to the language of maps because we see our lives as a journey. A story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we see ourselves en route to a destination. In many cases, pursuing joy and contentment. But what happens when we pick up the wrong map for our journey? What happens when we, like the men in DeLong's expedition, that our, turns out that our map is mythical and fails to do justice to the way the world truly is? Our culture often sells us faulty, fantastical maps that are so far off base from reality. They paint this picture of a good life that's alluring, that captures our imaginations and our affections. They draw us in. And oftentimes, leaving us crashing against the rocks of reality. So if we are to be a faithful church, as Generations Church in Salmon Creek, in this, our time, we must consider the primary maps that give direction to the people in our world. The maps that work in our imaginations by laying out a vision of future and a road to fulfillment. And the beautiful thing is that the God of the Bible does not leave us to figure out what it means for us to be human in our world. He gives us a map better than that. He gives us himself 
in human form and invites us along for an incredible journey. He makes himself known. And on this journey, we're going to be called and challenged, convicted, and ultimately changed. And over this first season in our new church plan, we want to get to know the person that shows us what it looks like to be truly human. To do this, we're going to look at this letter to a new church in the first century. So writing to a new church that he did not start, Paul will talk about him in coming weeks. A changed man himself details what it looks like for a, this new church, this Colossian church, to follow Jesus of Nazareth as a new church. And so with that in mind, we can approach this letter and say, what does this letter say for us? As a new church, the Apostle Paul did not point it for start. What is it that he wants us to know? What is of first importance? So here are Paul's words again in the letter to the Colossian church, referring to the map of Jesus' life, death, and coming back to life at the conclusion of chapter 1. Paul, I have become a servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. For many of us, it can feel like God's forgotten about us, or is even indifferent to our present circumstances of life. Some of you might be here this morning because you're asking the question, God, are you here? Or if there's even a chance that there is a God, does this God really care? And the truth is that God is not hiding. No. God makes himself known to people, and the commission, to, to use Paul's word, of these people are to make God known to others by inviting them to become part of a forever family. In this opening chapter to this infant church, Paul shares how this beloved son enters into the cosmic chaos to reconcile opposing forces through the cross-resurrection and his ascension. And on that basis alone, Christian ethics, the way we live life, becomes learning to live in loving community with those who are unlike us and from possibly wildly different backgrounds. The church is an embodied manifestation of cosmic reconciliation. Now that's a mouthful. That's a, that's a heavy sentence. Let me say that again. The church is an embodied manifestation of cosmic reconciliation. Turn to your neighbor and say cosmic. Turn to your other neighbor and say reconciliation. Now, that phrase is very important. We're going to actually, we have a midweek podcast that we're actually going to look at that phrase deeper. So you can, you can find us online and listen to that podcast. We're going we're to look at that. But that's important because that's the, the frame in which chapter one is really built on. That this Lord Jesus brings things and people together that should not be brought together for the purpose of making all things new. 
And the more we get into this statement, we realize that this community of people from different backgrounds, that when it's formed, it takes shape and moves powerfully in our world. And we're invited into this story of this world-shaping journey. So as the lead pastor of Generations Church, our vision is that we be a church where the ways of God are plainly made known. We say it this way often. We are everyday people expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. God's plan all along has been to reintroduce himself to a world broken by humanity. What began with Abraham moves to Gentiles, which are basically non-Jews, which means God started with one family to bring all people back to the family. And Paul's mission is an extension of that plan, to share with all the message about Christ, that they are no longer outsiders. And the challenge becomes, and we see it in our day and age, that what starts as a grandiose and important calling and vision ultimately becomes a place to divide us. And instead of uniting together for a purpose and a calling of being a community that loves one another, that's for one another, that wants more people to be part of it, we use it as an identifier to then create division. And what Paul writes time and time again is for the church not to use its identifier as followers of Jesus as a place of division, but a place of unity to bring others to trust and follow Jesus. God has always been about bringing people back to the family. He wants you to be a part of his family. You are not forgotten and you're not alone. God loves you and he wants to make himself known to you. But God has chosen to make known. Reveals God continues to make apparent his work. And to repeat the work of God is to declare that God's son, Jesus, is to be king of all peoples, for all peoples. Amen. Jews, Gentiles, male, female, black, brown, white, yellow, gay, straight, rich, poor, single, married, young, or old. God sent his son fully and bodily because the mission was so important to get you back into the family. He cares for you. And this profound mystery, while it shouldn't be able, is able because of Jesus. That he is cosmic Lord of all. And when we're together and we follow him, it is so radical and so different that it leaves people to scratch their heads, especially when they get to know your stories. And they say, how is someone from that background able to be in the same room as that person? And your answer is simply because of Jesus. And we can give all praise, honor, and glory to him because our identities are not used to divide, but to direct others to a creator God that has made the best possible life known to humanity. So who is this church for? It's for everyone. Period. So I want to invite you 
to journey with us, to see how this mystery hidden for generations has been made known, and how this affects every aspect of our lives. And it's going to affect every aspect of our lives. I said a few minutes ago that it's going to challenge you. It's going to convict you. It's going to bring some great encouragement. And you're going to experience a change in character that you find fulfilling and rewarding as you learn what it looks like to follow Jesus well and to exhibit a daily direction towards Jesus. And here's the cool thing. You don't have to know what it looks like to follow Jesus well right now. You don't have to have it all together. We just want to invite you along for the journey. You'll find so often around here that as you get to know us, if you're here for the first time or you're newer to the churches, we say we're people in progress or we're not perfect. And in fact, we want to see that progress over perfection. And so some of you today have been living by a certain map. And for whatever reason, you're here. And so we want to humbly propose a map of life that is the most compelling and realistic of any worldview you have encountered. In fact, in Paul's own words, this map has such depth and motivational power that it contains glorious wealth such significant weight in our lives that it results in unimaginable hope. I don't know about you, but when my kid wakes up in the middle of the night and I'm dog-tired and I'm struggling to get through the day and have enough energy, I can use some hope. <laughs> when, when a loved one unexpectedly dies of cancer, I could use some hope. When, when my friends were just not quite as close anymore, I wonder, am I alone? I could use some hope. And I promise you that Paul wants to make this profound mystery known to you so that you know you're not alone. It's glorious and there is hope. And there are a lot of things in this world that promise happiness or claim to provide the framework to achieve it. These faulty maps will always lead us to an ice-crushing chill that we may not escape from. Your rescue isn't found in your effort, but through following and receiving guidance from an accurate map. His name is Jesus. So in a world of chaos, Christ stands in a unique relationship to God. He and only he is able to bring all things in creation back under God's control. And thereby provide believers with the resources that they need to live and flourish in a world dominated by hostile powers and profound brokenness. This is good news. Because the mystery has been revealed through Jesus. And through faith, and trusting and following, you can be God's kids and be part of that forever family. Receiving an eternal reward. It was in the summer of 2009 that I finally admitted 
I had the wrong map. My life was shipwrecked. I was in the midst of utter despair. And Jesus extended a hand of rescue. And after that hand of rescue, and that help up, I received, in many ways, a metaphorical help. And to this day, I didn't just receive a hand up and that initial hug. I received someone who puts their arm around me and says, it'll be all right. It's okay. Keep following me. We're in this together. And one day, all will be made right. And I want you to know that that's available for you today. Amen. That's available. Whether it's that initial hand up, say that that rescue pulling you out of the pit you're in or maybe you you've been helped up out of that pit before and you just need a hug this morning god offers that for you in jesus and maybe you've been trying to do it to the best strength of your ability for a while and you're someone who just needs an arm around the shoulder and someone who says i got your back let me tell you something this morning this church has your back and we want to help you follow Jesus well. Because you're not alone. And I want you to experience the very same thing that I got to experience. And just imagine when people live the way of Jesus. Right here in our time. What would it look like? How would lives be changed? In fact, we may provide the world something it's been desperately craving. A people that say, there's ice that way, and if you don't turn or get the right equipment, it'll be catastrophic and result in unimaginable loss. That's not a comment on global warming. <laughs> That's a plea for the church to be what it's always meant to be. People pursuing Jesus. Our goal here is direction toward Jesus. So much that those who struggle with hunger will be fed. Those who feel like no one has their back, a family rallies around them. Life is complex. It's got full moving parts, relationships, and situations. Just imagine. A church that doesn't shy away from life's tough questions. While we won't have every nuanced answer, we will confidently say there is a God in heaven who has made himself known. So let's get to know him better together. Amen. We're going to continue the time of worship. Before I walk off the stage, I, if God has moved your heart this morning and you need prayer or you want to take a next step, there'll be a time for that. But know that this church really is for you. We'd love for you to join us in coming weeks and be on this journey together. Let us know that on your connection card during our time of response.